This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hani Balqis, with Omnia Saleh, bringing you everything that you need to know when it happens in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, November 9th. I want to give a shout out, first of all, mm-hmm. to Mikey, Michaela Atiyah yes. from, mor- uh, from the Afternoon Karak Show. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday, Mikey. <laughs> and I want to give also a big shout out to someone very dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. My little sister. No way. Yes, happy birthday happy to birthday. my sister. <laughs> she turns 22. Ooh. She's becoming very, very, uh, a very wise, wise <laughs> young woman. MashaAllah. Hopefully, I will be there to celebrate your 100th birthday. What's her name? Hanan. Oh, happy birthday, Hanan. We got to give her a special shout out. Yes, so happy birthday, Hanan. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's get right in. That's very nice a of you. Late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but let's get right into the tech news, ladies and gentlemen, as the Facebook whistleblower is boosting the EU push for new tech laws. Yes, indeed. Frances Hagen makes an appearance once again, and we are definitely excited to see what she has in store for Facebook. She's definitely not been the most supportive, if any at all, of their new ambitions of turning into Meta, but we've got, we're going to be sharing with you the latest on what she has announced. Coming up on today's show as well, we're talking about the first Chinese woman to become a spacewalker, if we want to say. So one astronaut actually became the first Chinese woman to spacewalk. What's her name? What are her ambitions? And what's in store for her next? We're going to be giving you all those details in just a few moments. Yes, and for our app segment, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about what's up and how they are rolling out, finally, the multi-devi- multi-device support to all users on iOS and Android. Now, finally, you can have one WhatsApp number on different and various devices. Yes, indeed. In the world of weird tech today, we're talking about some pretty serious court hearings, if we want to say so, because the UAE has launched virtual hearings for cases of residency law violations, where even if you can't make it to the court, you can still find out exactly what you need to do and what needs to be done and hear the judgment with your own ears. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, for our apps, once again, we are talking about Neobank and how the application for under 18 year olds is set for launch right here in the UAE. I've now, always wanted to have a credit card as a kid, <laughs> not a cre- not necessarily yeah, a, credit a debit card, like, card you know, a yeah, debit card. credit card, but debit card, sala, you know, tomato, yeah. tomato. But I have 100% with you on that one, Omnia. And uh, you know, when they did uh, start introducing Live, mm. I was too old already, <laughs> I couldn't, I, I was no point in getting it. But let us know your guys' thoughts, 4215-Dur-Salat, or on our Instagram, at Pulse95Radio. We are taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking all about the <laughs> blower. <laughs> Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Daily tech news about everything that's happening right here in the UAE and all around the world. And today's tech news is all about Facebook's whistleblower, the well-known Frances Hagen. I feel like she's a regular now on Future Talk. She's a regular in headlines. And she has been making an appearance once again because she is urging the European Union to remain persistent against 
big tech. And she basically wants to boost European efforts for new laws against U.S. giants, more specifically the one and only Mark Zuckerberg. Now, the former Facebook engineer, actually, she went ahead and leaked a couple of internal documents, a couple, uh, it's about a thousand internal documents that have been uh, sparking a lot of criticism against Facebook in the past few months past few weeks and she actually met with key lawmakers in brussels responsible for pushing through major legislation major laws that could potentially force the world's biggest tech firms to rethink the way they do the business now look at this on oh someone got so serious look right at this. now look at this right yes where is francis hagen based uh uk in the Isn't UK. She? I'm not sure. I'm Let's take sure. a look where Frances Hagen is based. Mm. And I, if I did read it correctly in an article, she is based in the US. Oh, okay. Let me, I'm going to double check real quick. Yes, she's an American data engineer. Okay. All right. She's mm-hmm. born in Iowa City, Iowa. Yes. So, mm. Omnia, where did she go? She went to the EU, mm. she went to the parliament. Yes. Why is that? Because the EU doesn't mess around. Mm-hmm. The, EU, the EU doesn't, you know, let things slide when it comes to social media giants doing unethical things. Mm-hmm. And right now, the laws are currently snaking their way through the European Parliament and meetings of EU member states with hopes that they can be finalized when France does take over the presidency of the bloc between January 1st and June 30th next year. Mm. And... For American diplomacy, for American politics, for everything America stands for, right? It's a shame that an American has to go to the to Europe, to the European Union, True. to the European Parliament, and ask for justice instead of going to her own country. True. And we, we've kind of speculated this time and time again. America, the U.S. justice system, does not care whether or not privacy is is a top priority or not. Yeah. They don't care if Facebook is doing unethical things or deemed unethical things to a group of people. But the European Parliament does. And backers of the law do hope, you know, Francis Hoggins' visit will jumpstart a process that has become bogged down in details and a lobbying frenzy by the tech industry. And it's not that the the European Union has a problem with Facebook. Mm. They have a problem with everybody. Exactly. They have a problem with every social media giant. They have a problem with every tech company and Apple being one of them. So, again, I find it so interesting and at the same time disappointing, Omnia, mm. that we have to look at the European Parliament for justice regarding a U.S.-based tech company why isn't the u.s why isn't congress why isn't the u.s justice system saying hey wait that is our man that is uh, someone that is under you know uh, our ruling uh, our ruling in our land why do we have to go to the european parliament to put facebook in its place absolutely and i think the toughest the, the toughest issue and the toughest uh, fight in this whole catastrophe that has been taking place with Facebook and other big tech giants is actually the fate of targeted ads because tech companies actually would basically fall under the law's toughest rules when it comes to targeted ads and Facebook has said that Hogan's allegations distort reality. So when she came out saying that Facebook would actually prioritize uh, profit over public good, they felt like that was too big of an assumption to give and too big of a statement to make and it wasn't you know portraying the full story but 
when we look at it, she did provide documents, and these documents can't lie. And also, in her expertise as an engineer with, you know, access to a lot of different resources, we can definitely see that, you know, in this story, I would definitely side with Frances Hagen. The European Parliament would also uh, want to, you know, back her up, and I have, I have a feeling that this is going to turn the tables on Facebook pretty quickly. Yes, now, Facebook has said that Hoggins' allegations do distort reality. They're fabricated, they're not the truth, and described mm. her as a mid-level engineer with limited access to important decisions. Now, Slovenia, the country of Slovenia, which does currently hold the EU's rotating presidency, is hoping the bloc's 27 member states will clinch a common position on both laws at a meeting on November 25th of this year. But again... Facebook is still a black box whose inner workings are shielded from regular regular scrutiny. And I personally am disappointed by the U.S. justice system. The U.S. as 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 an American, as someone who has lived in the U.S. And I know the U.S. history. I know the U.S. laws. I know freedom, right? And I know that the U.S., mm. you have freedom of speech. You have, you know, your privacy. You have the right to bear arms. You have... So many things that are written in the Declaration of Independence, right? And in the and, and, and in general when anything comes to law. So when you have a huge company like Facebook, right, mm. doing things that are deemed unethical and a group of people don't like it, that means Facebook is in the pockets of politicians. Facebook is True. in the po- pockets of lawmakers and maybe the justice system. Who knows? I'm not pointing fingers, but things don't add up. For an American tech engineer or, or that worked at Facebook to leave the United States and go all the way to Europe to ask and demand for justice sounds ridiculous to me. That's like having an eternal problem in your household and, and going, going to and asking, judge. not even going to go to judge. It's like going <laughs> to your Another, next door neighbor. True. Hey, can you f- <laughs> can you figure out why my mom is not giving me money? Why my mom is not cooking lunch? True. It doesn't should make be, sense. You know, it should be an internal issue that's discussed within the country, not even involving different countries. Because Facebook does abide to the laws of the U.S. Absolutely. But if the laws back up what Facebook is doing, then that's a whole other story. Let us know what are your thoughts. 4215-Dort-Salat or sign into RDMs at Pulse95 Radio. Coming up on today's show, we are going to be traveling and going to talk about China because an astronaut just became the first Chinese woman to spacewalk. What, how, and why? We're going to be revealing all those in just a few moments. Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking a lot about space. We've been talking a lot about the future of space and space exploration Mm -hmm. and maybe even going to the moon once again. Now, the talks do come not only right here in the UAE, but around the world. We are eyeing space and I can say the sole reason of that is Elon Musk and pushing governments and saying that, hey, I'm a competitor and whether you like it or not, Elon Musk has funds of whole entire countries. He is worth $300 billion. Did you hear the latest uh, response to his poll situation? Yes, he will be paying it, and he does have to pay $15 billion in taxes. And he lost, actually, I think 4% of his Tesla shares. And and not only that, Omnia, yeah. Tesla stock has skyrocketed down. Mm, right? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, skyrocketed down. And you th- we're laughing now, right? Yes. But... I'm going to go off topic real quick. We're laughing Mm. now, but this was planned because, Omnia, Mm. 
Five days before Elon Musk made his post, his brother sold $27 million worth of shares. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam. If you think nothing is planned when you're worth $300 billion, you're in for a treat because. Why, if, why is he not my brother? <laughs> because not only that, Omnia, if you think a man worth $300 billion is not smart enough, well, oh, he has yeah. someone to be smart enough for him. True. But let's go back and talk about space a little bit and space exploration. China more specifically. China cause... more specifically, yes. Mm-hmm. And how the first Chinese woman has spacewalked. An astronaut that goes by the name of Wang Yeping has became the first Chinese woman to walk in space. Yes, indeed. So her and her team actually completed a six-hour stint outside the Tayagong space station as part of its ongoing construction. Now, Tayagong actually means heavenly place in Chinese. And to be honest, it sounds like a very fitting name to name a space station, especially after the different uh, achievements that China has actually accomplished in its drive to become a major space power more specifically, after landing a rover on Mars and sending probes to the moon. Its core module actually entered orbit earlier this year, and the station is expected to be operational by 2022. So they're eyeing to become the next international space station, and they want China to be ahead in that space race. Now, Wang and her colleague, who goes by the name... I'm, I'm definitely going to get that name wrong because it's in Chinese, but it's, I think, Zai Zai Gang. Mm. <laughs> Zai Zai Gang, who stepped out of the All module right. on Sunday night. He was actually waving to the camera while being tethered to the outside of the station. Yeah. Now, yeah. we know that the letter X in... Is Sha. Sha. Like Xiaomi. Yeah, actually, that no, wait, because, you know, and the, H the Chinese is president is Xinping. Yeah, he has an X in his name. <laughs> Anyways, Chinese language is uh, is uh, too hard for my brain to comprehend. It's com- it's confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but again, you know, Wang and her colleague, you know, they did step out of that module on Sunday night, and they're expected, or the Tingong is expected to operate for at least 10 years, and the three astronauts are, second, are the second group to stay there, but Wang is the first woman to visit. Now, the mission commander that Omni and I don't know how to pronounce the name, Zai, (laughs) is a former flight pilot who did perform China's first spacewalk all the way back in 2008. Now, Sunday's operation does come just after weeks after Wang, Zai, and a third team member, Yi, Yi Gongfu, blasted off from the... Oh, man, this is, uh, my brain is hurting. <laughs> Guys, we're not... I mean, We need someone who knows Chinese to help the, us the out. The pronunciations over. are pretty tough, but, you know, we're going to go with Yi, Go, Yi Gongfeng, Fu, mm-hmm. that is one name. Yep. They blasted off from the Jiquan Launch Center in northwestern Chinese Gobi Desert. Felt like I was speaking gibberish for, for a second. Gibberish with an American accent. <laughs> Right. Sounds fitting. Um, I'm going to move on to talk a little bit about the station because it's actually pretty interesting. So whenever we talk about, you know, a space station, the first station that comes to mind is an international space station. But China created what we call the Tiagong Station, or as we've mentioned, it stands for Heavenly Place or Heavenly Palace in English. Now, what they did is basically construct a space station in low Earth orbit between 340 and 450 kilometers above the surface. So this is actually going to be China's first long-term space station. It is what they are calling the third step 
of the China manned space program. So once this space station is complete, we will have a second home to the International Space Station. And the construction of this station has actually been uh, quite fast, to be more specific. They started, I think, early 2021, and it should be ready by the end of 2022. But let us know what are your thoughts. Would you ever, do you ever feel like Tayagong Space Station could be as popular as the International Space Station is today? Or do you think we'll always... The International Space Station will always be like first on the list. The International Space Station will always be the OG. Really? The GOAT. I don't think it's going anywhere. I have a I have a very, very special place in my heart for the Chinese space sector. So Well we'll we'll be seeing what you know time will tell. But we wanna know you guys' thoughts. Four two one five do it salat or on our Instagram at Pulse ninety five radio radio. We are taking a short break, but when we come back we're talking all about what's up. Pulse ninety five all around. What's worth a click and download? The app we all use, the app that we all need, and the app when it was an out, when it went through an outage, we all kind of looked at each other like, "What's wrong?" You're just you're just boosting it up so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the app we all use, the <laughs> app that did this, that you're like you're like telling us it's an accomplishment. Yeah, it is an accomplishment. I mean, can, can you imagine what happened when WhatsApp went? Off the charts. Off yeah, the- I get everyone knew what happened, right? Everyone was going crazy when that happened, <laughs> right? But again, I mean, uh, we're looking at the app that does it all, <laughs> right? What's up? Is rolling out its this, multi-device support. This show, this show isn't sponsored by WhatsApp. I wish, I wish Zuckerberg would sponsor this show, but not really. Uh, yeah, if he does, you know, uh, all of his unethical claims is no longer. Uh, Unethical. It's uh, all no. ethical. <laughs> Everything he does is great, and we salute him and applaud him. I'm I'm, I'm investing in metaverse, sir. Please. Oh my God. <laughs> um, the latest achievement of WhatsApp has been rolling out multi multi device support to all users on iOS and Android, allowing this app to basically be used on up to four linked devices without needing to be connected to a smartphone. Now. For people who are always on the go, especially people who use their laptop, their iPad, don't want to necessarily have their phone on hand all the time, this is great. Also, when you use this feature, you don't necessarily need to have your, you know, your phone by you. And also, I think it also removes the aspect of the online, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So what I've read is the fact that, you know, how annoying it can sometimes be whenever you have WhatsApp open on your laptop, you always appear to be online to users, even if it's not something that you're constantly checking. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, your, all your devices are linked and messages can be sent and received using the WhatsApp desktop, desktop app or the web-based service and your phone will no longer need to stay online. Although it is not currently possible to delete messages or conversation threads from a linked device. So let's say, for example, you mistakenly leave it on on your work computer and Mm -hmm. someone just starts, you know, messing around and deleting things and, you know, uh, doing conversations. That won't happen. But it is worth noting that you can't message or call from web, desktop or portal to users who have an outdated version of WhatsApp on their phone. And you can only have one phone connected to your WhatsApp account at one time. Just like Omnia did mention, you it's going to be there, but you can't have both simultaneously mm. online. Now, personal calls and messages, messages do remain end-to-end encrypted 
across all devices. Now, if you don't use your phone for over 14 days, any linked device will go ahead and be disconnected. Simply, this is WhatsApp's strategy to help give us as much privacy as possible. Now, given the feature is still in beta version, WhatsApp also cautions that the performance may not be top-notch. You know, the quality of the service may be affected. However, over time, as they launch, launch it publicly, it will be easy to access and it'll be flawless. They are currently also working on an iPad version of the application and they like are... It's, it's a little bit over time now. I know, right? You like, know, when I used to use my iPad, I had to you know, outsource an application for true. that, right? And yeah. I had my iPad like three years ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know what's up. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty surprising that, you know, Facebook has not, or because I say Facebook because Facebook owns the WhatsApp. It's Meta now. Uh, yeah, it's Meta. Me. Me, me, no, I say Meta. <laughs> meta, right? Uh, because, you know, a lot of people do speculate that iPads and tablets will take over laptops. And a lot of people are now prioritizing their iPad and have, a, uh, have an I, attachable keyboard mm. to it and use it. I must say, I was actually very intrigued. I've, I follow a lot of people who I would, you know, consider... Tech enthusiasts. Yeah, tech enthusiasts or even businesswomen, businessmen who are always on the go. And I was so astonished by how handy the iPad was in their day-to-day -day life so all they had was to just buy a keyboard get the you know get the case that yeah, allows yeah. it to just stand there and it was and i've seen my dad do it but i always was like it's you can't replace a laptop with this and that might be true for certain things but i feel like the more and more apple is updating and developing their ipads they're soon enough going to be even better than having a laptop yeah especially now omnia if uh, you want you can have an attachable keyboard with a touchpad. Yeah. And, you know, Apple has showcased it at its Apple stores. And I personally like it. I don't, mm. I, I wouldn't prefer it over my, my, my MacBook, but I like it. Mm. Right. And if you're on the go, you need something light. And, you know, at the same time, why do people like that? Because you can flip the keyboard over. It becomes a cover and yep. you can watch, you can edit. Uh, if you're into editing pictures and you need that stylus type of feel. It's good for a lot of people, especially yeah. people who take notes. Yes, exactly. And a lot of people who are actually, you know, in the presenting world tend to yes. use it a lot. I mean, I've heard uh, some of the biggest TV presenters um, using it because they feel like it's so easy and efficient. Let us know, do you own an iPad and how do you use it also? Are you excited that now WhatsApp is launching this brand new feature? Coming up on Future Talk, we still have lots to share with you as we discuss the UAE launching virtual hearings for cases of residency law violations. Keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse 95. Virtual courts are definitely one of the biggest perks of living right here in the UAE. Cause I, I don't honestly, I don't think I've heard of any country that where you can basically have a hearing, go to the judge without necessarily having to physically be there. But right here in the UAE, we love being the first, and we have a lot of firsts. And one of them is Dubai launching virtual hearings for cases of residency law violations. This basically means that you are kind of teleport into a soundproof room with advanced camera and speakers that will save time and cost when it comes to hearings. Yes, now, uh, you know, I I'm looking at the pictures right now to it. Yes. 100% I would be nervous, <laughs> right? Because imagine you're looking at, you know, eight uniformed men, Yes. right? And the judge or whoever is going to be, you know, 
giving, carrying giving, out, giving. you know, whatever whatever uh, decision will be made. And I'm just at home, you know, like, yeah, so that's the I, I, I'd be nervous. I'd 100% be nervous. Yeah. Wouldn't you be nervous? <laughs> I mean, eight uh, uniformed men looking at you, right? I'm a different story. We already have a lot of fears from different things when it comes to dealing with and you know, police. Th- and there's a thing, Omnia. No mm-hmm. matter what you do, if if you did nothing wrong, if you're walking and you see a police, you get scared. Like, what did I do? See, do you feel that? Yeah, everyone feels that. No, I could, I no, not everyone. Because I could have a seatbelt on, driving with both hands on the wheel. You know, and I see a police and I'm like, wait, did I do something wrong? Genuinely, I, I really want to get your opinion on this because I believe a lot of people tend to make fun of me um, because I have that fear. A lot, whenever I'm driving by, even if I'm doing nothing wrong, I see a police car, I immediately feel like fear and anxiety. Just knowing that there's a police car somewhere near me. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm abiding by all the rules and regulations. Yeah, it's not you, Omnia. You know why? I'll tell you the biggest example. Mm. Let's say you are driving on a road, right? Yeah. And there's a police car in the middle of the road, mm. right? It's a two-way lane, okay? Middle yes. of the road. Everyone on the left side starts going slow. Yes. They don't want to pass the cop, right? Yes. Everyone on the left side starts going slow. No one wants to pass the cop. Yep. Even if the cop is not doing it, he's just, he's just you know, he's driving. He's doing his patrolling, yes. right? I remember I was once driving. Yeah, I was once driving in Dubai and a, car, a police car, I think it was driving behind me or right in front of me. All of a sudden, I felt frozen. Like my hands were on that steering yeah. wheel like they were ice. I'm just driving and I'm like talking to myself in my head. I'm like, Okay, so why is he behind me? What am I doing wrong? Are my lights on? <laughs> is something off? Yes. Nothing Checking if wrong. you got your license or not. Did I ever do my light? Do I have a license? Right? I mean, a lot of people feel that same way. So, but, you know, now people who have violations of res- residency law can actually use a new virtual hearing service in Dubai. Now, the General Directorate of Residency and Foreign Affairs in Dubai has launched the virtual chamber. Sounds, sounds scary, <laughs> chamber. It's like Harry Potter, the chamber of secrets, right? This now, is what they use it to, is, it to is, refer to courtroom here. Yeah, I mean, I whenever I hear the word chamber, I, I, get, I get a little bit nervous. <laughs> now, it is linked with Dubai police prosecution and Dubai courts. Now, Lieutenant General Mohammed Ahmed Al-Murri, director of those courts uh, with, the, with other officials, did inaugurate the chamber at the violators and foreigners sector in Al-Awir area. And he did say the project does aim to facilitate the hearings of violators of residency law by having a video conference with prosecution and courts to investigate the cases. Now, I love this. You know why, Omnia? Because, first of all, mm. we're looking at how, again, the COVID-19 pandemic, it is mostly done to reduce, you know, gatherings and, you know, the long queues being around too many people. True. If we can do it at home, that is what Dubai police is looking at. If we can do it at home and we can have the hearing at home, why should we bring people to the courthouse? Amazing work by Dubai police. Once again, they have showed us why we are always number one. Because if it's simple and it's easy, why should you come? Stay at home, right? And I I mean, amazing. I'm, I'm lost for words because... Believe it or not, yesterday, Omnia, I was watching uh, uh, a YouTube video. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's 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 videos that are taken in U.S. courts. Mm. And one guy was saying, you know, I have a court hearing today and I had to w- walk five miles to get here. Wow. And I have to walk five miles back now. Uh, could you lower the cost of my yeah. fine? Right? 
But in right here in the UAE in Dubai, you, don't even you have can't to walk. get there. You just apply and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm unable to come. Can we do it virtually? And Dubai police say yes. That is how graceful, graceful and merciful Dubai police is. So hats off to Dubai police. Hats off to the UAE authorities, always making our lives much, much easier. Absolutely. And these, you know, these calls that are or these hearings that are done, they're done by using the best technology out there. So they're equipped with soundproof rooms. They are, you know, accommodating to a lot of people. So you're talking about a video conference system that has a high resolution camera. It can turn 180 degrees to have a clear display as well as high advanced speakers. So any person who, let's say there's a suspected violator, let's say, and you want to go ahead and uh, summon him for a virtual hearing, then they can just join through the video conference. And even if they don't speak the Arabic language, there will be an interpreter for those people so that they can also Amazing. understand what is being said. So honestly, just like you said, hats off to the UAE. Let us know what are your thoughts about this story. But coming up on the show, we are going to be talking all about the new app that is set to be launched for those who have always wanted to uh, have a debit card but never actually hit that age limit just yet all those kids and those youth they can now get that in just one tap pulse 95 apps all around what's worth a click and download what's worth a click and download ladies and gentlemen and children (laughs) <laughs> it is time to tell you how you can get a debit card and ask mom and baba to drop it right into your bank account as the Neo Bank app is for under 18s and is set to launch right here in the UAE. Now, more known as Edfundo, the app and prepaid debit card will go live in the UAE within just a few weeks. I honestly love this invention because I feel like, you know, school doesn't teach kids about how to manage money or how to save when it comes to managing a bank account. And teaching them young is the only way to help them get get experience when it comes to this field. So excited to see how this application will, you know, change the money capabilities of those kids. But to give you more details about it, it was actually, um, it's kind of an initiative that actually started out in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia before it decided to be implemented right here in the UAE and in the wider GCC. It's going to also be applicable in 2022. But this is a digital age solution that's going to be giving the world's first smart money money management app designed by teachers. So it's not designed by, you know, someone that is not involved with kids. It's designed by teachers to be used by teenagers and tweens. So I think anyone by the age of 10, 11 years old can go ahead and get their hands on this debit card it's uh, a prepaid debit card and it's associated with an application and it's hopefully going to be available very soon just a few weeks until we see it come to life yes now again ladies and gentlemen sometimes having a debit card when it is for children is much better because then they can track their finances much more allowances yes and it's better for the parents as well you can give a weekly or bi-monthly allowance to your children and you can track where their money is going and the kids themselves can be more financially aware of how they are spending their money as they'll be seeing where everything is going in and out. And I feel like it's it's going to give those children who actually go ahead and get this card and this app this it, it will remove that belief that money grows on trees. You know, it'll, it'll bring things a bit more uh, to life to them when it comes to managing money. So I'm excited to see how it's going to come to life. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, let us know your guys' thoughts. 4215 Durat Salat or on our Instagram 
at Pulse95Radio. Would you like, would, would you want a debit card when you were younger? I know I did. Omnia? Oh, definitely. 100%. It was like a, it was like it was a, a dream. dream. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, as we do hit 3 p.m. But do keep Pulse95 locked because our shows are nonstop. But we'll see you tomorrow, only here on Pulse. 95. Future talk for tech talk that impacts our lives. Pulse 95.